Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid right. lazy negativity. To avoid lazy negativity, we decided to make... I did. I turned my gain up on my microphone, and I did that. Thanks so for that. my apologies to our viewers Thanks, listeners. Yeah. Um, we're a drinking podcast that talks about movies, uh, and we try to keep it positive. So any single time we say something negative, you're going to hear this sound. Any single time. Any mm-hmm. single time. That Maybe sound means we need show. to take a drink. Keep it positive, people. We hope you drink along with us. So, pour yourselves a glass. Gentlemen, present your shots. Slink. And we're going to talk about why you shouldn't post on Twitter two weeks before your movie opening. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I didn't want. I didn't want to gush you. I Intrigue. <laughs> Intrigue. I don't even know what you're talking but about. Before so we do, I also don't know what we're talking about. Uh, anyone, Actually, on, anyone on YouTube may notice down in the bottom right corner, uh, we we've got an extra guest this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, when Dave gets drunk at bars on his birthday, he just goes around and starts to tell people that they they could be on his podcast. Um, <laughs> and fortunately for us, Tina decided to, to hold us accountable to that. And we're so happy about this. Sorry, Dave, okay, you can finish I, the yeah, introduction. I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm a married man. I did not pick Tina up in a bar. Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've, we've actually worked together Um Tina is a working actress. Nice. Uh, tell us about yourself. Tina, say hi. hi we didn't call the last name. We practiced her last name. Damn it. Nikolova. <laughs> is that right? Tina Nikolova. Yes. You, yeah, yes. it is great, actually. <laughs> hey, thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, Jeff, the, the way you started introducing me, it sounds like you don't think that I should be on this podcast. You just, Dave, no, just I, picks yeah. random people in bars yeah. and... Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's Way just, to really build her up, Jeff. No one who really knows anything or has any valid opinions or should really be here. It's just this is for <laughs> Tina because she doesn't have her own buzzer. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Fuck you, um, Jeff. But no, I'm very happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy that I went to Dave's birthday party. <laughs> Yeah. And we talked for a long time. And uh, I've seen this woman before in my life. <laughs> um, and we decided that it would be fun to have me on the podcast. Yeah, we were actually. Gonna, Wait, so y'all have? I, I think we were talking together? about pulling you in. Oh yeah, we've worked together on uh, at least one film. Some yeah, short film. films, indie films. Yeah, nice man. One film. Uh, but sure. yeah, Dave short. and I have worked together. Uh, <laughs> we worked together on the Dark Offerings. Um, the Dark Offerings. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. That was a, that well, was shot, that was one of the show. desktop films that was uh, yes. shot from the point yes. of view of a desktop. So was that was that was that Marcus's that, desktop film? That was yes. that was, and that that was the that source of my warning to filmmakers last week: never shoot your film over Zoom. Because mm-hmm. when uh-huh. you get into post production, it's a nightmare. Oh, of course, yeah, I cannot imagine. Well, I'm glad you did it though, because look look what it yielded. Tina on the show. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Tina. No, it was all worth it for that's, that. That's what 15 whiskeys yeah, yeah, yeah. yielded. No, <laughs> we should also thank Tina because Tina was going to be on last week, but we reshuffled the schedule here. So thanks for being flexible. Yeah, we, and I'm we, so we, were gonna, that... we were going to have her on for women talking at one point too. but uh, mm. That, that was a nice suggestion. But the, then yeah. I saw that you guys recorded without me. So I was pissed. And then two days later, <laughs> Dave was like, oh, okay, well, we'll come, come talk Oops. about this movie. Yeah. 
Whoopsie-daisy. Yeah, that, yeah. that ended up being uh, men talking about women talking. But right. uh, we, we should yeah. have had you on. Is really Back to me. We've, been, we've been trying to get Tina on the show forever. I knew it. You know it. I was at that birthday party. I thought we were ready to joke about it. But I do, in hindsight, in hindsight, I hear how it came out. I'm living, I'm, I'm living in the future just like our audience. Um, <laughs> What is that? Finally used it. You, yeah, okay. We have some little jingles that tell each other to shut the fuck up, and that was yeah. Jeff's. That was Jeff. Yeah. Shut the fuck Honestly, up. Honestly, highly necessary. So, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So, so we're gonna talk about After Sun in a second. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but first, uh, for those of you new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, please leave a review, like, and subscribe, etc. All that kind of good stuff. We're gonna at the end of the episode, we'll give you our recommendations of the week in our segment, "What You've Been Watching." We are gonna go through some gripes. This is our favorite segment where we can just say whatever we want and gripe about something for one minute each. If you're only here for the episode, you can scooch along. If you're on YouTube, Dave has the little bars set up. I will leave it in the show notes. Uh, the past two weeks, I haven't been listening, but I've been pretty close in my guess as to when we segued into the movie, uh, and we try to keep it spoiler free for about 10 minutes john can you please shout our sponsors out so we can get this thing rolling oh yeah we have a beer sponsor his name is carlos barozo you can find that man on instagram at cbarozo.beer just like it sounds i'm just kidding of course you don't know what barozo sounds like e-b-a-r-o-z-o dot beer and we have some music that you might hear at the beginning of this episode in every single episode it is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. You can find that man's music available for free on all the usual platforms. So go like, subscribe, chase his stuff down. It's wonderful. And yeah, come at us, social media. We will reply. We will also talk to you when we're drunk at our birthdays at bars. So there are a million <laughs> ways to get in touch with us. Yep. Um, and that's why what's, we're here that? today. Is that, is I am so excited. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, we haven't come up with a name for it yet, but... Um, we're around. It's basically, we're on both coasts, so you can really be yeah. anywhere, and you might find us. Mm. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so excited to talk about... Uh, actually, just before Charlie we go, I need to clarify my uh, my opening joke about Twitter. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether you guys have, have found uh, this already today, but Zachary Levy um, came uh, out in support of a statement that was made by a militant anti-vaxxer uh, about how uh, Pfizer is one of the most dangerous things in the world, and he was like, hard agree. And everybody jumped on it like he was cancelled within an instant. It was I woke up to this. I woke up to like his post. From, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just over. <laughs> oh, that is the best joke you've ever made on the show. Uh, uh, oh man, it's right there. Yeah, uh, but like he was. What he was actually talking about was the. Um, like the fraud and everything in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, giant but, pharmaceutical you know, company. Ten yeah. minutes. The dude was destroyed. Two weeks out before the opening of his movie. Of course. Well, what was yeah. it about? Was it about shame. the fact that like they didn't give up the patents? So like all these people that could have been he had had just... previous like statements where he talked about like the fraud and stuff like that, where they were oh, literally milking. Yeah, that. Tough. but that's yeah, but uh, he'd also you know supported some other people that were questionable in the past as well. So there were both sides to the arguments, but yeah, like Twitter took him down in five minutes flat. It was, it was, a, it was a weird situation. It was kind of like us calling in the suicide squad. Like for like, <laughs> we, we, we don't like this industry. We don't like the way they run their business, but we needed them to save the world. And you know, I, I, there's conflict there. You're probably not a normal, well-read informed person. If you think that they are a great company with, with loves and hugs and they're just here to save us all and not make any money. I mean, come on. Keep it. Keep in mind, though, we've all got the chip in us now. So if they press that button, we're we're going boom. So 
Yes, I am. I am all Pfizer too. Are you? I have only oh had Wait, Pfizer. This, I tried to switch it up this past. All Pfizer up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get pulled fast. off everything. Um, uh, I'm a mix. I'm a, I'm a mix. Jeff's a mutt. You don't look mixed. You look. You look <laughs> nice. like you're from. You look one AF. island. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's the most, fucking the unique start I've ever go. <laughs> Let's move into the movie. I'm so excited to talk about it. Well, we got to get to our gripes of the week, John. Do you want to skip that gripes. segment? Do you want to skip that gripes. segment? Do you have any gripes? No, Tina, I look do you forward have a gripe? to it. Does Tina please have, do you have a gripe? Um, do, do yours first so she can understand what the hell we're, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've listened to the show. I, I know. Okay, okay. I, you know, I had several and I was like, do I really want to start off with like saying something negative? And then I was like, well, it is a movie podcast. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I'll, I'll say I have like a tiny little... Tiny little, just a tiny, just a tiny little one. All right, that is about movie watching. Tina, you have the floor. You have sixty seconds. Can all the streaming platforms please get rid of the stupid setting that makes a random movie start playing the second that the credits start rolling on the yeah, one yes. that you've just been watching? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've turned it off wherever I could, wherever I could figure out how to do the settings on that. But then I always end up downloading some new app because there's something that's only streaming on that one thing, and I download it and I forget to do it. And then the movie ends, and I'm sitting there in awe of what I've just seen, and I just want to watch the credits and listen to the music. And maybe an after credits. And then and I see this yeah. thing is like in ten seconds something else is going to start, and then I have to scramble for the remote and be like, which button do I press? Which button do I press? Is it the up arrow? Is it the back arrow? how do i get back to the movie and it, it just and then it's gone it's gone no. and it's you gone the, you can't get back and i can't go back to it because yeah, i'll just start playing for the beginning i can't just yeah. go back to and then it's gone the entire movie it's, it's a conspiracy they're doing it to put their watches up because you got to go back and start from the beginning it makes right no through. sense it makes no sense why would i want to start watching some completely random Nobody. movie the second that another one is done why nobody yeah and nobody likes it 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 makes sense for the bingeable television shows and we know what they're doing they're fucking with us and they want us to stay up and keep watching but with a movie like you just had this giant experience the mm. snow is falling you're feeling like i'm i'm basking whatever that last moment was and now i'm trying to figure out how to you know and then i press the wrong like button because on apple it's the back arrow and on that one is the up arrow on and then it's just yeah so that is that is my gripe I will say, shout out, I guess one positive, Netflix is the worst culprit about this for sure. Hulu, I have noticed with movies, counts down all like 10,000 seconds until the credits are totally <laughs> yes, over or whatever. Yes. So at least they like, it's, I still wish I didn't have to look at that. Because even that takes me out of it just a little bit. It reminds but on Netflix, me I've turned it off. Platform. Yeah, I, I will also I would point love out to turn that, it off. Uh, Tina, you went over the 60 seconds just. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice try. Nice try. Yeah, have your drink. Enjoy. That was great and a classic. Perfect gripe. Um, Jeff, why don't you really kick it off? Because I kind of missed having your gripe last week in my life. Without hearing you complain <laughs> for 60 seconds at least once a week, I don't really know what to do with myself. Um, all right, Dave. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'll go. go. Which, which one do I want to do? Shit. Okay, go. Um, uh, I was going to do... I'll do this one. Well, can, we, can we just stop putting raisins in cookies? Can we just can we just can we just give it up? I, I don't understand why we Hot keep hitting. doing this. Why did we do this? We literally took a grape. We said this is delicious. Let's take all the fun out of it and let's put it in our delicious meals. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It has the texture of of like a butthole and the taste of rubber. 
Like I don't put Fritos on my cookie. You know, I guess that's a bad example. I don't. I don't just like go around just start no, to put fruits like a in my cookies. A bad example. How many buttholes you got at a time? Eat your raisins like, separate. Why did we put them in there? How many? How many people at parties sit there and go, "Yes, fucking raisins in the cookies"? No, I actually can't believe they still exist. I can't believe it. So I went to like a really fancy place in Astoria. Chip, I was there very briefly, and it's so delicious. And it's like this doughy cookie, and then they have fucking raisins in there, and it's like, what? What are you doing? Why, why do I want? Why do I want this chewy butthole texture in my fucking soft sweet? delicious milky cookie it makes no sense raisins are retired no one's grandma's making cookies for us anymore <laughs> there is probably a fun party going demographic that would absolutely buy butthole flavored cookies if they were, <laughs> if they were out there so i, I think I don't I be just... hating on uh <laughs> I, I just want to i think we need to unpack jeff's uh, butthole thing here <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know about you but extra look flavor. if you think about the look of a butthole and the look of a raisin. Raisin is, is what different, you think. Different coloration, but no, I don't think butthole. And then I go, oh, raisin. I think raisin, and I think, but I go only in that direction. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's how you, how you that's something. That, <laughs> valid, valid point. Welcome. That's all I'm yeah, gonna yeah. say. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Dave, go ahead and hit it, dude. I'm, I'm still, I'm you, still taking all this I, in here. I actually I don't, don't have a grape. I don't have a grape this week. I don't think I have one either. I had. Um, yeah, I'm feeling right. I'm feeling okay. There's some okay. really terrible Moving things on. happening all around the world in yeah. in our country, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not the platform to to talk about that stuff. So let's uh, cookies and movies, baby. Let's go, go. people. It is fine. Actually, wait, I'll, sh I'll oh, shout this out. I, I will yeah, shut the fuck up. Not really a gripe, but I did want to bring it up because I thought it was interesting and applied to our movie going podcast, where we often talk about going to the movie theater versus staying at home. Uh, I'm in this class right now with. Um, it's being taught by the president of Mandalay Pictures. And so it's all about just like the business side of what, you know, this industry is about. And we were chit-chatting about this stuff at some point tangentially in class. What's going to happen with the future of movie going in terms of price adjustments? Is it going to become relative? Is it going to become each streaming service has its own theater? And all these things were talked about. But he was talking about, and he said, like, very sincerely, he said, I really do believe that within the next few years, you're going to just scan your phone subscription service. And when a company like Amazon or Netflix has a movie that's in there, that is your ticket in. You, you will still have to pay your own, you know, your own uh, refreshment charges and stuff like that. But he said the industry is very close to getting the massive companies like AMC to finally fold and accept the fact they have already paid for their movie. There might be a surcharge for your experience to watch it in this theater, but it is not $21 across the platform for all every movie ever and i was just surprised he said it fairly definitively he said i really think it's going to happen much sooner than later and it's it's going to change everything yeah. wow well, that I might, said, send, that might send regal right out of business i mean well they'll get some of them they'll get <laughs> like, you know they're hanging from the precipice right now so that, that might be oh, the union square one is closing right <laughs> which one's closing the union square one? one yeah the regal, regal. union square is closing there's about i think there's four of them in new york closing Goes priced yeah. out, or do you think it's just people aren't going anymore? No, they, they can't go. afford. They can't afford to keep them open. Do you think I, it was their 4D that did it when they invested <laughs> all that money into the fucking? Do you, what's the air on the back of my neck? It's not fucking Disney World, yeah. Regal. What were you doing? It's, it's, I, I, a friend, like, a friend of mine actually it feels like the saw, person behind you is like. A friend of mine actually <sighs> went and saw something like that, and uh, <laughs> he went and saw something in one of those. And he came out. and He's like, I don't want this experience. Like, I, I don't. I don't want to. Like, I don't. For instance, I'll, I could liken it back to the '70s sketch about feel around theater. It's like I, d I don't want 
that level in. I don't want the subs under the seat moving the seat. Yeah. Like, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. And I still, there's a lot of people that just don't want that. I still think yeah. there's a huge miss at the industry in, in flexible pricing. I just, I don't, I I don't understand. Even in the standard format, why do I see Ant-Man, a $200 million movie in the standard format and pay the same as After Sun? Well, why do I pay the same same amount of money for them? It doesn't make any sense. I'm happy, happy to report that you get your wish because AMC is bringing in tiered pricing. Tier price is coming in, and it is one of the things that. Where's that's my what money? I've been saying, saying this for years. Damn that it! These, that these these streaming services are trying to muscle this because they purchase an acquisition and distribute these films in a tier. Of course, they do. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost the same amount of money to distribute yeah. a three thousand screen international release, massive marketing campaign for a, a large blockbuster as it does for something like After Sun, which yeah. is you know going to the coastal towns. You know, limited cities, 28 city, you know, it's of course it's different. So they have already done that. So the only companies that were benefiting from it were the exhibitors, the AMCs and the yeah. Regal. Like Star Wars, so, where they're like, we want 50,000 screens and whatever Quentin Tarantino is putting his films on right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say, I disagree with people who don't think that. He got so snippy. I disagree with, with people who don't say that there is something that you're paying for in the movie theater. I haven't paid for. My, my subscription price isn't the same thing watching it at home as it is with giant, wonderful sound and a dark room and hopefully people that are, you know, taking it Not seriously in the, in the theater. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right. You know what? Look, look at me griping. Let's let's can we please talk about this movie? I know. I thought you didn't have a gripe. What's going on? <laughs> you know how excited I don't, I don't after sun. The yeah, gripes like that are the reasons we have the timer. <laughs> we come on the we come on the show. We make risky jokes, and then we just talk over our guests. This is great. What a, this is, we are the most generous podcast of all That's time. That's exactly what Smartless does. That's exactly what Smartless does. We're on the same page. That's, they, do, they do make okay. Anyway, people, it is finally time for us to talk about the Scottish film After Sun, which was sponsored by the National Lottery, and it teaches you how to become a great parent. You'd be surprised how many kid, films get made. They they fund a lot of films. The National Lottery. Dave is in the middle of a joke. <laughs> Okay, should I start the joke over again? Start the, start yes, the joke yeah. over again. Yes, yeah. We're starting the Scottish film After Sun, a film sponsored by the National Lottery, which teaches you how to become the cool parents by telling your daughter those traditional Scottish values like how to mock your tour guides and how to heckle your resort entertainment by throwing things at them while they're on stage. Throwing that's, things at them, yeah. That's my, that's my joke. Uh, I'm glad we went back for that. That was worth it. Yes, that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, film, this film stars Academy Award nominee Paul Mescal. So yeah. this, is, this is award season. So even though we have to give writer-director Charlotte Wells the bulk of the credit here, this is a proper independent film which was fought for by this amazing talented person well before paul mescal was cast so you know it always kind of stinks and podcasts and stuff when they only talk about the actors who came in years after these things were already in pursuit but um since he is nominated for an oscar have either have any of you seen well we've, a lot of us have seen the first daughter the first daughter what the fuck man the lost daughter the lost daughter lost yes yeah. have any of you seen normal people which i i did i saw normal of people. course i have not talked right, about so- Oh, Beautiful. So, pre- let's preface. Yeah, let, let's just cancel these other two. Out. Not cancel. Let's just let's just shut these other two up for a second. Tina, Tina, what did you think of Paul Mescal's? Tina, what did you think of Paul Mescal's performance when you saw Normal People? I imagine in the middle of the pandemic, while we were all at home, did you know that he was going to be the next movie star, or did that matter? 
Um, well, I, I thought for both of them that this was going to be um, like a big start. I, I didn't know that he was, you know, two years later is going to be nominated for an Oscar. But um, I thought that both of them um, would have a great future. I was like, all right, watch, watch these two <laughs> over the next few yeah. years. So. It's because De- De- Daisy Edgar James, one of them won a BAFTA for their performance in Normal People. That was Paul Mescal. Ooh. He won a BAFTA. He won the Television Film Award, or the Television <laughs> Award for Best Actor. So this guy, very subtle performances. He always looks like himself, kind of sounds like himself. Great guy. And now he's going to be the next Gladiator, and he just wins awards. I just, I think it's a very surprising thing. So Paul Mescal wow. leads this movie as Callum, the father. That what I is that illusion? You, you referenced the next Gladiator. What? I don't know anything. They're doing a Gladiator sequel, and he was cast, and it's still speculative as to whether or not he's playing a son that survived. He's probably playing Commodus' son, but I don't know if that's been announced yet. But yeah, they're doing Ridley Scott is in talks to. I don't know if he's going to direct it, but they're developing a new Gladiator sequel, and he has been cast. No, it's not Maximus' son. Yeah. Ouch. That's what. That's what oh. I was like. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, Commodus. <laughs> Unless they try to pull a Game of Thrones, like it was finally. different. It was farm boys. It's finally ran Am out of lives. <laughs> Finally run out of Blade Runners. He's like, what else we got? Um, oh, come on. Did he do anything else? He's like, get out of here. Uh, this also stars Frankie Corio in our film debut. She's a young actress uh, as Sophie, so his daughter. Um, I was I, I was sort of surprised by, I don't want to call it the gimmick, but the um, the sort of pitch by the, the movie, but I think it's okay to share it. You know, I don't, I don't think it, it's a spoiler. So um, I don't have much else to say about the setup. Should we just go ahead with the IMDb description and then get our initial takeaways? Do it. All right. So I'll read the IMDb description and then we'll take it away. What'd you think? What'd you feel? Spoiler free for a couple minutes. Sophie reflects on the shared joy and private melancholy of a holiday she took with her father 20 years earlier. Memories real and imagined fill the gaps between as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. Who would like to take it away with your initial reactions? Can we start with our guest, Tina? Can we go right to you? Uh, sure, I'd love to. Um, well, I love this movie, absolutely. And I actually rewatched it yesterday because um, I'd seen it maybe a, a month ago. And um, I loved it even more the second time around. I have to be honest. I So thank you guys for <laughs> giving me that excuse to, to watch it again because... Oh, yeah. It was just marvelous. Um, you, you've just answered first... a question I have later, so thank you. What? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it made me feel all the feels. Uh, there was there was a lot of crying, <laughs> at uh-huh. which is why I was upset about <laughs> Paramount Plus trying to play something right after. Um, but anyway. <laughs> oh, that was in response yeah. to this movie. Yes. Wow, high to low real fast. <laughs> you went from I love this movie so much to your gripe like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't know how much else to say before you guys say your uh, your initial reactions. Um, you keep going. I want. Okay. Well, I mean, the first time I when I saw it in the theater, I actually saw it two days before my birthday, so it kind of hit pretty hard. Uh, um, mm. But. Um, <laughs> It, it kind of became pretty clear from the bat, like right off the bat that, oh, you should not be looking for any type of, you know, oh, what's going to happen or anything like that. Just like 
sit back and and let yeah. it wash over you just enjoy it and and that's what happened but this time around when i saw it because i knew to have to talk about it i was like i need i started paying more attention to the small details and that hit a lot harder it's just like really really paying attention to uh those details because they're really just they're so subtle but everything has just so much depth and i'm I'm sure I'm going to be rewatching this this movie. In All the right, I'm going to I'm going to stop you now because you're going you're taking half my notes. So. <laughs> <Hey>, I'm done. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I it's funny. I didn't like. I read what it was about, and I'm like, cool. And there are two ways to introduce a film like this. It can be punchy and fast, and then move into a plot, or it can make the watcher experience the journey and every minutiae of setting up the story. And this was like the latter. There was like a seven-minute setting the scene montage at the beginning of it, and I started thinking, "Oh, this is this is not going to sit well with me at all." Like, we've nothing's happened so far. We've pretty much just jumping from scene to scene. There's no real connection and stuff. And it, it was like, it's like an end when you read Anne Rice and she takes like four pages to describe a Paris street and stuff. I was like, "This is this is going to do this the whole way through." I don't think I'm going to like this. Hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to fall into that trap. And you're dead wrong, people. <laughs> because what this is actually doing is it's a carefully crafted example of show don't tell because they're literally like they're they're revealing it through very subtle again exposition and that was the only thing I was concerned about with this film is like it's so subtly done you may miss it on a first watch which is why I was glad to hear that on the second watch you noticed a lot of the stuff because this does have a thread like there is definitely a story there you've just got to invest yourself in it this is definitely one i think would be better in the theater because it, it demands you're like if, you, if you're going to watch it at home put your phone in another room chuck the dog out in the backyard whatever just make sure there's no interruptions you just you need to invest the time in watching this if you're going to watch it at home because it is it is good mm-hmm. yeah i mean this is absolutely it is one of those movies i will say that if you're willing to do that because I think so many people did not have the opportunity to see this in the theater. If you take it seriously, this is a small, very intimate film that you can have a very good personal experience with at home. You don't need crazy speakers and a giant television to mm-hmm. really connect with this material. So uh, I know what you mean. I think it would have felt really special to share that with people. But I had a lovely experience last night, just me and my girlfriend. And that is the word that I like. As soon as it finished, I was like, that was fucking lovely. That was so personal, so much humanity. You know, it's weird how like life lines up with things. There's another class that I'm in right now, and we're talking. We're we're literally talking about memory and cinema, and all the millions of ways it has been explored and expressed. And you know, a lot of this has to do with literature and so many great writers. We were reading this piece by Salman Rushdie, and he was talking about how when you put together a mosaic of like mundane memories, it turns into something much more than itself. And my favorite thing about this film was that she didn't try to create a slice of life film where they were showing these really intense moments, like the best slice of life for me. I thought uh, uh, Florida Project is a good example of boyhood. The best ones, I feel like, are when you put together um, just these these moments where there is a tension that is inevitably baked in because you're aware that there is a, a drama being imposed on the storytelling but the actual life that you're watching are those moments that you might easily forget about if you were living them. And there's something that just is so invigorating about watching this kind of portrayal of life when it really isn't heightened. 
Now, that's the bulk of the film. There are moments where she is dealing with his depression, where she is dealing mm-hmm. with the way the child is observing him and whether or not there's a clarity or an understanding there, or maybe a really intense understanding that there's the dad is feeling some shame with. And it's just enough to make you realize everybody understands who the other person is in this film, but it's not, it's not the, it's not the issue that is the tip of the spear. It's not a virtue signaling kind of film about depression or about the troubles of daughters and fathers and mothers and sons and parents and children. And because of that, I was able to kind of slip in and have my own experience. And Charlotte Wells is a brilliant director. I saw her short film a couple of years ago, Lapse, which everyone press pause on this podcast and just watch her short film. It's on Vimeo, won a bunch of awards. Um, It's really, really amazing. She went to NYU. So when this came out, I was really excited to see it. And I just want to congratulate her on it. She didn't make her first like very personal film. Um, too on the nose with anything. There was room for all of us in her personal film. And I just thought it was so, so lovely. Yeah, sure. yeah Josh, Josh Alarm. Josh Alarm. <laughs> and uh, when we get into our, when we get into our spoiler section, there is a device that she's using throughout that I'm sure you're all thinking about that, that I do want to talk about because I think it's a fun contrast to the normal slice of, slice of life structure that is most of this movie. Uh, yeah, so just kind of let it wash over you. And I think you're going to have a great time. And it was shot in Turkey. Shout out to my people. Beautiful location. Yeah. Good job. Hmm. Are you still applying to get some grants for your things? Uh... I will absolutely shoot something in Turkey one day. <laughs> on the cheap. <laughs> that is Wait, my goal. Can Aussies get grants? Am I missing out on something here? You probably can, probably, dude. Most yeah. European countries can. I don't know about Australia, but most European films, independent films yeah. are funded halfway. Yeah. By by grants alone from the Australian, city and the state. Yeah, Australian walks in and like, ah, oh, fuck off, you convict. You'll probably just steal it. You can't. We don't want you fucking film. You fucking can't. <laughs> Wait, so they got all these Brit. Well, anyway, um, I love this too. There you go. That was easy. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about? No, I. Oh, come I, on, dude. Come on, come on, come on. Get in there. Oh, did we steal everything? This movie. Why am I gushing? Who's gushing me? Get this. Get, get out of here. Comedy gush. That was it. Yeah, that was I a love comedy it. gush. Ah. We have to drink anyway. Well, okay. So, the, so the movie started. It was brilliant. I, I kind of didn't know if it was the opening title or not. With like the party yeah. sequence, and I was like, is this um, is this like a new um. What do, you, what do you call those like company Logo? like yeah the company you know logos. the logos like are now they're all animated now right yeah. they're all like little mini movies and it's like, like and five then they minutes t- long and then two seconds later they tell me exactly what the thing just told me they're like a24 present it's like i know you just i just saw that it's a24 how many times is it they're like just did you guys see that it's a24 it's a24 guys have, have did you, you see guys, that have you seen the family guy episode where they take the piss out of that and he's like sitting down the movie and it's like oh, yeah. there's this yes. guy on a log playing a guitar and it's like oh it's about this guy. oh analog films you think it's you think it's the actual movie yeah <laughs> that's good that's good, that's good um but as soon as as soon as we get to paul Oh God! He, you know, you don't see his face. I don't think you see his face right away. I can't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. In my memory, I don't see his face. But I remember as soon as he speaks his first line, it was so Scottish. I didn't understand a word he said. So I pushed rewind ten seconds, and then he did it again. It was completely unintelligible. I didn't get a single movie. word of it, and I said, "I'm gonna fucking love this movie." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, something." Subtitles on in the film. They knew that some people were going to be like, "What the fuck did he just say?" And they were like, "But it's Scottish. We get it. Let's move on." Seriously, if you turn the subtitles on, they're, they're spelled phonetically. 
Are you serious? No, I'm kidding. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least, hey, if this was if this was set in Wales, I would have definitely turned that on. I've oh, yeah. just seen all these forty I do, letter I do, words. I do like um like the very first thing you see is like her playing with the camera, yeah. um mm-hmm. like yeah. the video camera, and the first question she asks is like because she's talking about how it's his birthday and it's like when you were eleven, what did you think you'd be doing now? Ooh. And it was a, it was a gobstopper of a question right Ooh, at the beginning. It's it's like, and here's the theme and here's the yeah. thesis. But it, yes, but it was yes, like it was yes. a, a question he like struggled for an answer for and then by the end you realize why. But and they they kind of replay that event but yeah, he I, it I comes would, back in the I middle would, of the movie. They they I would, play it again. I would pose the same mm-hmm. question to you guys. When you're 11, what do you think you'd be doing now? Just I did not think I was going to be in America, that's for sure. <laughs> really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> No way. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Uh, I mean, yeah. when I was 48, I it's wasn't a, sure. It's a tough question. <laughs> it's a tough question. But uh, Tina, you're right. I love how she just thematically from the very beginning sets up, this is an observation on how I see my father, how I saw my father. And it's just mm. it so intrinsic. And d- Jeff, you're right, dude. Just Sorry, I know we're still in the spoiler section. We're not, or not in the spoiler section, but this is the very first fucking moment of the movie this home video aesthetic that she introduces that kind of does go in and out a lot. It doesn't matter if you understand everything that everybody says, right? Like there's something jankety about it that feels like that's part of the language is that I don't even know if they're actually understanding what they're saying to each other perfectly, or if she's, you know, even in that moment is you can tell that they're not quite on the same page and he doesn't really want to answer that question. And it, I don't know. It just, yeah, it cuts out because really like she asked him and it and it cuts and cuts out. He just like goes just to that thing. Yeah. Space. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's I understood a... what he said. I'm I'm used to like these wankers <laughs> yeah. talking fun. I understood it, but I can't wankers. remember what he says um in that moment. It might have actually been when they were in the hotel. I might have considered that like the first part, like kind of the <laughs> intro and then the whatever I, I can't remember, but I just remember being like, What? And <laughs> rewinding. Sure they, they sure they weren't still in company logos? I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, what I'm the fuck sure. did he just say? Films. <laughs> Moscow's production company. What the fuck did he say? Films. Uh, no, but somebody says I. Somebody, somebody mentioned something. They were like, they wish there was a voiceover on a scene to keep like it moving or whatever. And I was like, but that movie can't have a voiceover because as soon no. as you have a voiceover with a different image, then then it's the director. The director is saying, I want you to see this and hear this, and then then you can see the director when they do that. With these kinds of movies, it's best when we know that they're showing us what what they want to show us but but they're in a way invisible you know and, and to have especially this mm. device that they're filming the whole time and yes we know that when it's handheld it's the actual camera when it's not it's not but the idea of this being a memory piece is so obvious that it's like the director is able to kind of stay out of it so much and the way they the frame the way they frame people was was it was so deliberately framed in such a way that it was not deliberate where you're looking at backs. Uh, yeah. you we'll, see, be, we'll be talking about that later. You see emotional sequences. Where and you reflections. Face, but it's and a lot of reflections. Or, side or is that, are we not allowed to talk about that yet, Dave? What, no, what are we can talk rules? about reflections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, reflections. No, we do the spoiler free because when, when we went, okay, we're going to spoil it. And John goes, okay, so Bond dies. And we're just like... And we're like, shot of the guys, <laughs> like we could literally sit there. They changed the style of the film so that near the end, that's not a spoiler. But so James Bond, Nobody he's wanted dead. To talk about that. He's <laughs> dead. Gave a shit about that. That movie wasn't good enough to okay. talk about anything bringing, else except bringing, for the fact that he fucking died. <laughs> bring it back to uh, yes to, to the, the movie. movie. Um, I did. I did find it like I. I got the the impression. I don't know if you agree, but the. Uh, the video camera and the little girl were the were her memory, and our camera was the grown up. 
just being able to distinguish from what was really going on from the the romanticized kid memory that she had of right. what was happening. At the Even time. when the dad would go to bed and leave his ten year old child at the bar for the whole night, yeah. he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. I just go to bed when you're tired." Yeah. <laughs> No, you could do that in the eighties. I don't know if it was the eighties because Top totally Tub Thumping played. It was, it was yeah, definitely the nineties. Macarena, well, yeah. uh, Macarena, and Top Thumping. I mean, come no, on, you, you know what? What's more realistic is him being very protective, um, yeah. seeing that she is starting to grow up. And I mean, that first moment when they arrive at the hotel, it was just so telling. Like he, there's no one at reception, and he goes up the stairs, and then. He comes back because he's like, "Oh wait, can I leave yeah, her yeah. alone? Oh wait, I have a yeah. I should not leave her alone." And he's like, "I'm okay." He's like, "Okay, okay." You know, he goes. Yeah. So I think that he's, sets he's... up a very interesting contrast between him just like really and teaching her to defend herself and then all that being very protective, and then that moment when he does leave her. Um, and there's something. I mean, there's something very obvious, and they 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 clarified at one point with some lines a little later in the film. This is a very young father, mm. and this is there's something. There's something taboo and a little bit off about how you are supposed to feel about their relationship initially. Do you have any judgment for him? Are you confused? Or do, do you, like people later in the film, think, are you brother and sister or step or, you know? So there's I mean, all the, the way they introduce they those dynamics, yeah, is, is really, it's part of this story, which, you know, obviously I'm sure she, she realized there was a lot of meat on the bone there for, for interesting ways to interpret that ambiguity, but... I agree. I feel like the way that they established their relationship was part of the fun. Dave, to your point, I know what you mean, and I think I agree with you that there's there's a good argument to be made that she is reflecting on these mov- these memories, their home movies. It's already insinuated. We literally see a few clips of her later where she's watching them. But there are also some lovely moments on the trip where he is watching, where he is like watching that something that they did yeah. that day. And there's, I don't know, I just, again, I feel like that's her maybe reaching into the past because there's no way the director writer could have known that he did that. But it is lovely to think that like, that's another way that she's trying to subvert this, that it's not just my memory, that he was trying to cling to something as well. Maybe he was trying to understand their relationship just as much as I was. And that's, God, that's just, every time I got to yeah. see a little bit of that, where she was maybe imagining what her dad was trying to do to get as much as he could out of this holiday. That's where it really broke my heart in a, in a beautiful way. Not, not like just a tragic, because we didn't do that back then. We didn't, we didn't record something and then immediately look at it. Like maybe with pictures, but you know, that, that idea is very contemporary. So I thought that was, I thought that was really good too. I should also make it clear too, that does very little about this movie is wholly original, you know, like this does seem on paper, like it would be very similar to a lot of other indie movies, but I say that, complimentary because this is far superior than all the other ones too so and it's not just the fact that it has this polish and this look that looks like a prestige miniseries like it looks like hbo or apple or something said yeah make your fucking movie and put it on our program like it looked really stunning and and we say that a lot on this show but usually they have at least a million dollars or you know they have two or three you know they usually have some money this looks like they really put their time into that kind of stuff too but it's the feel and the the just the way everything moves and ends I know with a lot of indie movies, if these when you're when you're a proper indie director, you have to when you're especially when you're selling movies to producers or whatever. It's like you have to. They're gonna people ask questions and they just can't fucking help themselves. So I can't even imagine what Charlotte Wells had to do to defend. Like, what is it? What is the father did? Was did he have become a father when he was sixteen? And all these things that you know that they, the director doesn't want to answer. But like, it, everything is so deliberately done in this movie, even though it seems so slice of lifey. Back to what you were saying there, John, that it's like. 
it's almost hard to explain why this is so much better than all the other indie movies other than to just talk about the movie and the way that it made us feel and the way that it moved us. You know? Would the, you guys agree with that? That's the beautiful oh. thing about the National Lottery. They don't ask questions. <laughs> no, they just say, give us your money and we'll put half of it towards future movies. <laughs> I uh, wanted to go back to um, talking about the, the age difference. And yeah, at first it was, you know, I was trying to think, like, how old is he supposed to be? And, you know, they say, like, 31 but he also is actually younger than that and he looks even younger than that so for a while i was like i have to think of them as 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 father and daughter but they don't really look like father and daughter to the the daughter he he probably looked 40 you know to the 10 year old so well she says like you're turning 130 i just turned uh, in the beginning when she's filming she says i just turned 11 and you're 130 (laughs) turning 131 (laughs) you know that's how old he seems to her but i think it's so interesting that this um this connection that they're both both want to have with each other is like she's trying to grow up but she's not grown up yet there's all of these moments of you know she's trying to hang out with the cool kids and she's trying to get closer to her dad but she's 11 she's just not that grown up yet and her life is not has not yet started and he's only 31 and he feels like his life is over and he is still a child and he's still still trying to connect to her maybe in that way is like trying to go back to childhood so the difference is 20 years and her life hasn't begun and his he thinks is over he doesn't think he's going to make it to 40 and he's like i don't know how i made it to 30 so i i feel like that also um they have both of them have that loneliness uh, they're trying to connect, but it's their own loneliness. So they kind of feel like they're on the outside. Yeah. Did you notice as well, like they were very careful to have, there was like one kid that was like her age. Everyone else was like older than her or younger than her. Yeah. And it was the same with him. Everyone was either older or younger. There was only like one, maybe two people in the vicinity that were the same age. So that like they have that to that loneliness. That scene at the pool at the beginning when he was like, go introduce yourself. And she's like, oh, yeah. they're kids. He's like, you go introduce yourself. Oh, they're old. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but I, yeah. I must admit, the first, in the very beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, the days when you could just walk up to a stranger, have a video game motorbike race, and then just say bye and never see that person again. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I've had those vacations. It was all, like... Video game arcades were the best for like just random just the quick mall socialization. Just at the arcade, and those yeah. games are more fun. Times, time crisis. Those games are just more fun with another person. Yeah. Let's uh, let's turn the spoilers on. Just so right. I feel like we're, we're beginning to start to move into more specific things. Uh, I want to spoilers on. Uh, he dies. No, I did want to clarify that for you guys first, actually, because I heard through the grapevine. I didn't read anything. I didn't want to know anything. I saw the poster and that was it. And I just wanted to go in as cold as possible. But I heard that this was about her father who later, did he commit suicide? Is that true? Did, did y'all hear that? Or It's ambiguous. Like the, the film itself. I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if hers. I know the, the story was based, like the vacation stories were based on a vacation she took with her father. But that's as far as my knowledge goes. Okay. And, and, and yeah, you know, what? I wish nobody had said anything to me because I kind of went into that a little bit thinking like, oh, is this going to be all of it building up to this? And that, it kind of poisoned my brain a little bit because I feel like there was there was a much more there was much more lovely commentary on the isolation you're talking about, Tina, the loneliness and just uh, this 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 urge that we all have to to close the distance with family and how difficult that can be. And it, it, what a weird way to try to an effective way, I thought, to try to 
to demonstrate that with mundane scenes. Again, not these big yeah. fight scenes that we see in a lot of family dramas and stuff. Uh, I just thought there were so many effective ways of doing that. And those might be the kinds of things when somebody passes on, or if you miss somebody a lot, you might remember them laying on that rug in the rug store and just being like, I just remember my dad like really wanted this rug. It was, I don't know why he never really told me why, but you might remember that more than you remember some giant, you know, conversation you yeah, had with him about shots. life or something. I mean, you saw the so, rug yeah, later, right? Good. When it cut to her. Yes. As yeah, an older yeah. woman, mm -hmm. Like the rug is under her bed. Yeah. I think he bought that it whole thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah he bought it. it. He laid on it. Right. And I also filmmaking, he was dressed as a rug. Did y'all see that in that scene? He had on a, the burgundy, the same color as rugs and his shorts were in like a rug pattern. And then he like laid down and like became it. And then it, later we see that, She's like, she has that. I don't, so many little things like that that were very effective. Uh, sorry, keep going. Um, with the, the moment, in terms of connecting, you know, like trying to understand, especially our parents, it just, there was one moment that just really stood out to me in terms of how much we don't know and we'll never know is when he was trying to take his cast off. Mm -hmm. And that um, shot was beautiful. That shot was beautiful. And he's just, sitting there bleeding you know it's a split screen and she's just in the other room like reading a magazine and he's like oh you're reading the book and she grabs the book and she, she has no idea that he's sitting there mm. with the cast like bleeding into a bucket like she's in a nice <laughs> she's in a nice warm hotel room and his was cold as he's a cold it's just like yeah. blue and the amber and it's just this split of just like he's just and that's bleeding. the kind of shot that's the kind of shot that like when you're designing that you might think like, is this too much? Like my theme is about this kind of thing. And I'm literally showing a parent like bleeding out and the kid has no idea. Not bleeding out to death, but bleeding. And <laughs> it's the way it's presented. Like you were saying, Jeff, like it's, it's the, it's, it's the Tolkien thing. It's the telling, not the tale. It's the, it's the um, way it was filmed. It's the way she cut it all together that made all these but, things seem palatable. Otherwise they could have seen. Also cheap, there was a distraction there. It's manipulative. Like there's a distraction there. It's like, why the fuck is he cutting his cast off? Like, is he healed or what? With these tiny he, little scissors. Like, it's it never going to work. He cut it <laughs> off because he wouldn't have been able to go scuba diving the next day. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. uh, God, you're good. I, that was such a, that was another great illusion. That was like, that, I think the scuba diving, the cast was maybe mm. the first time they introduced that he was away from her and she didn't understand what he was doing. And then the next day he eventually went underwater and she has the camera and she's like, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. She says some line That's like cool. that. Like, yeah. you know, we, they start to introduce these, these, these physical motifs of creating more distance between them as they become more comfortable in this new environment. And yeah, there were some like very uh, tangible, practical father, daughter, like how is he letting her be alone like that? But beyond that, like on a deeper level, there were all these wonderful ways where you could tell he was trying to let her grow up. But in letting her try to become her own person, he was beginning to like kind of fall into himself more and more. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I think, know. I, I think as an estranged father as well, he was like acting more like a friend than a father a lot because he didn't quite know how to do the dad thing, which is like it's not a sin. It's just, you know, you learn. I, don't know, you I thought on. he was trying to be a really good dad. Like, in, like with the exception of that, um, you know, okay, like that one time that he left her alone, I thought actually – he came off to me as like a really great dad. Um, I think so too. 
like a really really and even even after you know that um you know him leaving her like the next day what really stood out to me is that he apologized she tried to say like no no it's okay and he was like no no i'm sorry like he he Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that that she heard him when he said he was sorry that it was not okay it wasn't just like oh i'm sorry okay you know it's fine but like he really made sure that that she heard him and i agree completely that it wasn't okay for her to just say like no no it's okay like she's she's like no it's fine i've had the i had the best night of my young life the minute he walked away it's like <laughs> i kissed a boy yeah she talked to him about it yeah yeah she was I, like i got i played beer pong i watched these uh, older kids get like do it i got a kiss like what a night for me you do your thing Dad. two guys going for it in the in the laundry yeah, yeah tina yeah. i know what you mean i couldn't stop thinking about how just because they he was they were separated the parents and he was you know now single divorced father and we assume the same for the mother we don't really hear much about her and her family life maybe she's remarried you kind of project this like oh is he going to be like the desperate estranged trying too hard father and if they were married and he was having those conversations with her we would be like best father ever like most people don't have time for that when they're parenting. They're just getting through tasks. It was tasks to next task kind of thing. Maybe not best ever. There's, there's one phone know. call there where he was like, "Oh, congratulations! <laughs> I'm happy for you." Like I'm assuming she either got engaged or had a new man in her life at that point. Yeah, I don't know why. I or also had girl. the idea that like maybe she was with someone. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got that impression too. I also heard the sound effects of the crying baby, and I couldn't tell if that was in the past or the present if that was like a, ba- a pool that baby. wasn't the present i thought that yeah. was the the grown-up sophie who that had was, a baby. we're right around that i think so, too. so, so the did, the, did the grown-up sophie have the baby and that's what the crying was because she was yes. holding the baby but it was at hers yeah yeah sure. was, i think that's i think that's definitely we're floating around the same moment in the movie where they have that lovely conversation about um about do, why do you say you love mom if y'all aren't together and it kind of like, I feel like that, like the movie started taking on a totally different thing for me after this conversation. And, and this is one of those where I don't know about you guys, but when you're watching slice of lifey things, like I kind of, I'm a little allergic when they start talking about, all right, here comes the scene that she actually wrote this whole movie for. They're going to talk about the divorce and depression and stuff. And they got into it in such a lovely way. And in so many of her dialogue driven scenes, because I don't think there are a lot of them that are really dialogue driven. Yeah. Pacing was so effectively slow yeah. and pedestrian that it, it felt kind of uncomfortable and also so comfortably we're in the middle. There's no rush. We're in the middle of this resort. We're kind of suspended in time here that that like that scene was really lovely. Wait, um, but you think that that's the, that's the scene that like that's the scene that stood out to you as like the most important or like this is that was for me. That was the beginning of the that was the beginning of her the child not necessarily like the director but in the story the child finally starting to like talk to the father so it was the beginning where i started thinking all right there might be more conversations like this i might have more of these kinds of things to look forward to where she just asks him straight out and says things to him and accusations and whatever and i just i was just like pleasantly surprised because i felt like it was handled so subtly that i was, was like okay that was so believable it was subtle, and now but it was hell realistic yeah yeah, I think the heaviest one, the most on the nose one, was the "Do you ever get tired? Do you ever feel sad? Do you ever come home at the end of a great day and feel like I'm so tired? I'm just I have nothing left." And he just fucking spits on the mirror and walks out. It was like, oh, like it just that was that was 
again i don't know i love that i love that moment like the because she's literally describing exactly how he feels every day and we just gently like this morning is yeah no exactly just like she's just lying on the bed describing this feeling and we finally get to his face and the reflection in the mirror and it just shows like I feel like this every day. It's like, hey, we're here to have fun, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and just like I can't I don't have children, see that. but I can't imagine what that must feel like to think like I gave that to them. That's my that's mm. my dirty blood that made her feel that way. I'm the reason that she struggles with that, and just you know how that could feel, and just you know, it, it would for me, that's what it I would felt. definitely cause a pang of adrenaline to hear your kid come out with that if you were experiencing that yourself. It's like he oh, couldn't no. even look himself in the eye; he had to fucking yeah. spit on his reflection with toothpaste. I don't know. That was that was super. That was intense for me. Very cinematic and very simple. Let's yeah. talk. Can I ask you guys a little bit to go? Dave and Tina, you are talking a little bit about this, and I want you to go further with it with the interesting choice of camera angles. Okay, let's on, go. And on some right. of the scenes <laughs> that are just like, why can we barely see their face? Why is some of it in the home video and some of it's barely in a reflection on the television? Just, I just want to hear you talk about it. I mean, I feel like, and I mean, you've heard the story about how uh, these two had a two week holiday in a resort just before they started filming, like to build up a rapport and to get it working. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, the back and forth of this and that one shot that I'll focus on in particular where they sit the camera, like the video camera down and he's appearing in the video camera sometimes and she's appearing in the video camera sometimes, but his face is in the mirror and they're shifting focus between the TV and the mirror. For one, hats off to the sheer amount of fucking blocking that would have taken. Like you've got to be in the right place or it's back to one. And it was that that was almost I think one take there, but they just let that happen. Yeah, um, like but also it it frames the actor in such a really nice way, and you've like because you've got something going to keep your eye busy, but you're listening because there's not that much to look at. There's like a tiny sliver of this guy framed uh, in this in the section. You're listening to every word he's saying because you're like, all right, well I've. I've that's he. I can see him there. I'm going to listen to that, and it, it draws your attention. And, and the dialogue in that scene is pretty important. Like this, a lot going on there that they just cover off camera. I loved it. I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like that's a trick. I'm. I'm like that's going in the bag. I'm going to use that one day. Like that was really really good. <laughs> Jeff, just give you like Tristan shut off. <laughs> Damn it! It said I had an hour and a half. Um, lied to me. (laughs) Um, I was, uh, I have kind of two things to, to say that that was also the, the moment when that was the return to the moment from the beginning. Yeah. When she asked him, what, what was your, who did you want to be? Like, where did you want to, where did you think you'd be when you were 11? And then she asked him what he did on his 11th birthday. And he tells the story of, um, how, you know, they forgot, uh, about his birthday and, so that was that was pretty intense, but it also made me remember a little personal story when he said, you know, he said like, okay, I'm not recording anymore, and he's like, I can see the 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 camera is recording, I can see the red light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my god, I did that to my dad. I like recorded <laughs> like when I was in my twenties and I was yep. just visiting home and I had the camcorder and I was like, I'm just gonna. We were just having lunch. I was like, I'm just gonna put it there. I'm just gonna record 
us having lunch. I'm just going to like record my dad having lunch. And we're just like having a conversation. <laughs> and then at some point, I think he just kind of stared right at the camera. He didn't know. Stared right at the camera. And then he left. Uh, <laughs> what, it, what would have been worse was if he just came up really close and said, I've got a message for future you. <laughs> you know, he didn't give it away. I only saw it when I watched the footage afterwards. I was like, oh, he saw it. It was like, what's he doing? Is he like winking at her or something? Was That's that... why he left. I was the happiest. No, no, he just life. kind of looked at it, looked away. And then he got up and left. Um, yeah. But <laughs> anyway. Stay in my life when they release cameras where you can turn that light off. Um, but to go back to the movie, um, yeah, this was interesting. It was like, he's either on camera footage or there's some kind of reflection. So much of it is also just, Mm. you just feel this haze of summer, end of summer vacation. There's just like your memories. There's just always this, uh, different quality to the light. And, um, and then the final shot of the movie, the 360 shot, when it finally turns around, you know, we yeah. see older Sophie and then it goes around and then we see him recording. It was so jarring to me because it felt like for the first time we saw him yeah. without any of the memory filters or anything like that. It just was him and the lighting was different. Obviously it was just a different color and then it just, it was just jarring. So it yeah. keeps going. Yeah, and goes into the club. <laughs> and, like, into the that club that last yeah. shot, do that last shot because they set this up because they keep having flashes to the the vision of like him and older Sophie in the nightclub, and she's screaming, and he, he kind of can't hear and stuff. And then he turns around and walks away, and the doors just pop open a little bit, and you can see the exact same lighting happening behind the doors. Again, absolute subtlety, and the movie goes like that is how you stick the landing on an abrupt ending. Hmm. Um, for one. Two, I involuntarily said out loud, Oh, I like that. At the end of the <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. I was like, Oh, I like that. Like, <laughs> thank God yeah, it wasn't. I haven't heard death in a while. Jeff, you haven't said anything. I'm here. I'm just, you guys are very. He can't read his notes. It's too. dark That's at right. his house. Yeah, I, I, I lost my lighting here, so I hear you. No, I've gone through. All, I've gone through all my notes. The one thing that I was just interested about was just the the look at the top when they were singing "Happy Birthday," and he was not particularly happy about it, and he just stood there stoic, like fucking Bambi's father at the top of this like little. Yeah. Hill. Also, the it transitions into him crying on the bed. Crying. Crying naked on the bed. Yeah, yeah. So the, the karaoke scene was particularly awkward. Oh, was, and then they did the whole like this whole. They, did, they made you sit through the yeah. whole thing. Oh yeah. my god. I was like, oh, my God, somebody save her. Like, he's got to get up. He's got to get up. And he didn't. Yeah, what I was re- so what I was referring to in my opening, what did you think of it when I said, I said there, there's something I'll talk about later that's such an obvious device that's so important to this so that it's not strictly stay with them slice of life. Jeff, you were saying the voice, everything, should it be there? For me, what gave me all the context I needed was this this uh, club scene that you're calling it, this nightlist flashing mm. total black yep. room with just strobe going. And for the first several times we see it, you see an older woman and we start making our connections. You probably assume it's her, but she's alone the first few times mm. we see it. We don't and see him come into that's it. That's the funny thing. We don't make like that, older woman, that older woman until what, 20 minutes after that? Yeah. Like you don't but put that just together enough, later. Yeah. It's just enough for you to start thinking like, or th- that thing I was saying at the beginning, like these, these fractured, like almost memories 
Mm. And so it gave me it gave me even more juice as I was going through this because with that she started teaching me that I don't remember all of this. Mm. I might be making up some of this, yeah, and it's still yeah, it's just as important to me. So what the whole punctuation for me, obviously the ending is is incredible. I loved it, so I love that they did that. But when he was begging her to dance with him, and they strip away all the music from um, the Bowie, oh, God, they gave me chills. Uh, yeah, and they, they finally start dancing together, and then these two different aspects of the film combine into one. The older version of her finally dancing with her father. Almost the, oh. the strobes get quicker together, almost being able to see him and touch him. And then she's trying to like say something to him. That was where I just like my heart was like outside my chest. This woman my, made my this movie because she can't quite connect with him. She she never had the chance to really do it with him. You know, juxtaposed yeah. with the fact that she was kind of resisting that moment and all, maybe to hurt him because he didn't want to do the karaoke with her. But for whatever it was, that was just filmmaking like at its best. Yeah. I thought that my was note, perfect. My note on that scene is, yes, something goes horribly wrong during that last dance. And yes, I'm sure it's intended that you don't know what it is. And it just builds a sense of dread. Man, and it's that's just, what I, I think it was it. all I her. I got to I mean, the sense of dread was yeah. building all the way through this a little bit, even though it was like warm and happy. There yeah. was this underlying yeah. sense of dread that they just slowly built up till he walked down that corridor, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what it's, just happened." It's so artistically pure and true. I feel like this is yeah. the kind of stuff that they—I don't want to say they teach in film school because it's not like somebody just taught her. Like she obviously she has agency. And like, she herself, I know what you like, mean. Though. Yeah. But like, this is this is watching this. You go to school because you want to do good, and then you come out knowing how you could sell it and make money and how you could, like, be practical while trying to stay true to your art. And it always becomes, like, a balance, right? Like, the entrepreneurial artist, you know, that, that has to be, you know, you, you have to be able to, to pull this off. You have to, If you're going to ask for money, you've got to be able to sell it. And anyway, the fact that she was able to just, it seems to be so true to just be so clear in this, I, this is artistic. It's purely artistic. Nothing about this is is viscerally. Well, it's one hundred percent visceral. It, nothing about this is is economical. That 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 is just not yeah, something yeah. that I'm concerning my with my way at all. But this, it makes sense. This is meant for MoMA. Fine, I don't care. But like, I, I don't care yeah, where it's going to end I up. Mean, this is what this it has is, to be. It's not economical. Economical, but it has a really delicate touch. Like this is very well controlled, but it doesn't yeah. look like it. I mean, economical in the metaphorical artistic yeah, sense, but, but not no, economical in the mean, and like the practical. Saying, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 almost more impressive because of that. You know, I don't know. That's I know that's so arbitrary, but in hindsight, it's like, how do they do this? You know, and I'm I'm glad she's nominated for a million BAFTAs. I'm sorry that America is just um, investigating campaigning now because of the Andrea Riseborough <laughs> situation. But um, I know it's not all about Oscars, and they have some mention thanks to Paul, but. What a bold take, you know. And this obviously Charlotte's amazing. She's been on the 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 jury for South by Southwest 2017. So even though she had only made shorts up until this film, at least as a director, she's produced apparently a series. Um, but what a just it's it's just fucking bold, you know. And it's just it's it's almost hopeful, if nothing else, moving forward that like these kinds of things can be possible. And if it wasn't for AMC and Regal and all these other big budget studios trying to fucking you know corner the market. Like, thank God the fucking lottery in Scotland <laughs> can help people just do their art and let it be. And then a couple of them are going to rise to the surface and really mean something. But they all mean something. But a couple of them are going to also be commercially successful, too. And I think that's cool. Well, I mean, I'm happy to say that, like, I rented this. 
I have Paramount Plus, but I rented this. Yeah, I had to rent one for this other fucking podcast. Um, I really spent some money this week renting these. Yeah, no, I I was happy for this one. You know what? It was a different movie that was on Paramount Plus. Okay. I I did a double feature. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That one I rented. (laughs) Yes. Um, But um, can we talk about the kind of the, the texture of summer vacation that is part of the, like summer vacation in the 90s all of the mm-hmm. music just this whole the building of the environment yeah. and every single moment i mean i was that age in the 90s and it just everything felt so real to me all of the yeah. music and you know i wasn't in turkey i was in neighboring bulgaria but basically the same thing <laughs> it was yeah. just so real to me and there's this there was just this overwhelming feeling of when you're on vacation, it feels like you should be having fun. And they say this so many times, we're here to have fun. We should be having fun. And it's clear that both of them are dealing with something that is just not quite fun. Oh yeah. But they're both trying to say to the other one, no, no, we should do this thing because it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This is going to be so much fun. And, and going from this sort of, statement that was made in the middle of the movie that we that we talked about you've just had this amazing day and then you feel tired and down and well you should be happy right because you've had this amazing day but you just feel down it felt like the entire vacation is like that is like you're having these amazing days but something just doesn't feel quite right yeah. and very white lotusy that they're in a very beautiful place and they barely ever leave the resort <laughs> Well, actually, their their resort wasn't the one they were going to. They snuck into that resort. Yeah, they they went to the other one that yeah. was like with the all inclusive bracelets yeah. and yeah. and all that. Um, but what really hit me I in the end, <laughs> what really hit me in the end was when they were sitting at the table. It was like their last day, and they take the picture, and she's asking, "Oh, you know, can we just stay?" And it just broke my heart because I was sitting there thinking. Well, that's definitely the last vacation that yeah. they're ever going to have together. And it's, it's, yeah. it's also like when this ends, things are not going to go well. Yes. Yeah. It's just, but it, but it just, just hit me so much like this realization that one, when you think, oh, kind of every day was a little bit disappointing. I wanted to have fun, but it was a little bit disappointing. And then you get to the end and you think, oh no, actually it was beautiful. Yeah. No, you know, this thing that I kept complaining about actually was amazing and I wanted to keep going, but it can't. It's yeah. over. That is yeah. it. And you never again have vacations like you had when you were 10. It and that was one of those again. moments where where I was out I, I wasn't it didn't matter. I wasn't sure if I was more moved by her the child literally saying that or the director saying, I wish I would have said that to him. Oh, yeah, I love exactly. you so much and I wish I could stay here forever with you. And I'm so sorry that I did, you know, it's just, God, God, she just left so much room for that. But I know what you mean about the, uh, <laughs> the white Lotus thing probably did open up a lot of opportunities for people to get into this place. We tend to go on vacations and have the most difficult conversations that we don't have time to have in a regular day to day. Um, but the texture and all of the environmental aspects, that little thing she put in her hair. I remember girls doing that yep. in the nineties, the little, wow. you know, <laughs> One of my favorite moments. Hmm. I loved her like trying on her outfit. One of my favorite moments in the film is when they're sitting there and it's a lingering shot from a telephoto lens from a distance. And they're, they're sitting on like some table far away. And it's when he's saying, I think it is when he's saying uh, it's before the night that he has, before they go to karaoke and they're having some conversation. There's this giant lull 
And then he says, why are you wearing your bikini? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, well, she's like wearing just a shirt, enough. Right? So she has it underneath, I guess, right? She has it yeah, underneath. Yeah, she's wearing a dress over it, yeah. 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 And just the, just those, those little attempts at tr- what you're talking about, Tina, those little attempts that we make on maybe on vacations almost exclusively sometimes to like, to try to get closer, you know, like even if it's weird and awkward or difficult. And I just felt like that, that push and pull in this film created so much wonderful tension that even people who hadn't heard a rumor that this, this man committed suicide. And I hope that's not true. I kept waiting. I kept feeling like something was about to happen. And that's, that is kind of how vacations feel sometimes, right? You kind of hope they're going to be this dreamlike place where you don't have to worry about anything, but it's almost like you're always on the precipice of fun and adventure or something dark and a bad, your worst fight ever. And of course this builds up to that magnificent evening where he just abandons her and she's having like this weird childhood coming of age moment. Yeah. And he's wandering into the dark into the sea. Seriously, I, like, thought damn, like, I thought he yeah, was coming back out. I thought Yeah, who thought that when the kid like when the when she was sleeping on the couch at reception and the kid came to like wake her up that he he was about to say like they found your dad. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know, that's what I thought. I was like, she, oh, no. walked into the water. I was like he's not coming back out of that like we're done. Yeah. She also cuz she holds on it for like 30 seconds and, uh, and you you're like where is it? You know. Whoa. And I'm so glad they did what they did because I was like it wouldn't have worked if they'd gone the other way. It would have turned it into like a dramatic emotional which also, mess. Which also makes me think now that like this is the therapy that this this wonderfully talented young female director is going through with her father. Like she probably didn't know that it was that fucked up when she was going through it. Mm. Like so many of us do with problem with ch- children, friends that we have growing up who may have had issues with mental health or addiction or parents or family members. When, when you're a ch- child going through it, it just is. You know, you don't really place a, a value to it necessarily. And only yeah, now can she crazy. maybe look that's back. That's yeah, exactly. Mm. So like we, you know, she may have only been able to have that kind of clarity that was brought into her storytelling at this age. And that's, but again, you know, there was just enough room for me to see that like, this is a filmmaker saying that. And also you can have your own personal experience with it. And I just, I just thought she absolutely nailed that. There is that moment they, they do mention when they talk about Cleopatra, when she says, well, yeah, it was suicide. Yeah, so yeah, the the yeah, the word yeah. suicide does appear in it does. Yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as we wind this down, can I say one more thing about Paul Mescal that I think is great about, especially about this movie? Please do. Our society is fucking obsessed with youth, as you know. We try to keep all the ladies young and all the guys young, and we're, everybody wants to be a teenager forever, right? Timothy Chalamet is going to be a teenager until he's forty years old. Yeah. But if you turn forty-five, they write you off in society. He needs you know, his departed. It's worse. He for needs women, his departed to really start growing up. <laughs> but then, but then you have people like Logan Lerman and Michael Sarah, and apparently Lucas Hedges, which we're still like we're starting. We're putting the milk boxes, we're the milk uh, mm. cartons out. We're like, the <laughs> I can't. but these these specifically guys in this case because. I know you know Hollywood and treats women differently than men. These these people that we know them as teenagers really struggle to get to that next tier. And once you do, like Bill Sarsgaard is one of the best, where he was this young, beautiful man, and he was like, "I'm gonna be fucking Pennywise, and then I'm just gonna be middle aged." Like, fuck it, I don't need to. I don't need those young romantic roles. The fact that that Paul yeah, Mescal is 26, is the most romantic motherfucker ever. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> the fact that that he's 26 and he's known for. 
He's 26. He's known for playing a teenager, basically twice if you count the lost daughter. And he's like, no, I'm going to play the 31-year-old young dad. I'm going to do it. I'll grow a beard. I'll grow a mustache, whatever. And the fact that he's already bridging that gap, I feel like I feel like we're going to see him for a long time, not just because he's going to be the gladiator. He got the gladiator because he's making these choices to go in that direction. So I don't know who Logan Lerman's people are that's like, nah, just do some Peter, uh, what do they call the, the lightning thief people? It's like, just do those until you're 30. And then, you'll, Jackson? and then nobody yeah. gives a fuck about it. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Where are all the men? He was in Bullet Train, but uh, I think he was the dead person. Anyway, yeah. Kudos to. I I feel like as as we wrap this up, I I must say. Sure, we all. We all all loved it. (laughs) Cheers, cheers to a lovely film. (laughs) Just because we haven't called her out yet, I cannot. She saw over eight hundred young women for this role. Frankie Corio was. Oh yeah. Was hypnotic, magnetic. Her, her smirk, her the glee, whatever she was getting out of all, it was fucking perfect. Also, I didn't see her act like a moment in this 11, movie. Yeah, annoying as eleven year olds can be. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. No, yeah, she was. Okay. She was brilliant. According really? to IMDb, because I did all my extensive research, which means I went on IMDb and clicked on trivia. Um, they, she, when they rehearsed, mm. she. When they um when they rehearsed this for the two weeks before, which I'm still unclear of, like, did they just live together during the two week rehearsal period, or was that separate? So it was actually four weeks of bonding. It's a little unclear. Based that's what that's why you can't just trust um, IMDb. The, and Wikipedia. No, well the the article that I read. Um, oh, you read an article? IMDb, yeah. Yes, but that's uh, more. Said, um, yeah, said that they uh, they did do spend two weeks at a resort and did two full read throughs um, while they were there. Okay, well, they're there. Okay, sweet. So anyway, um, they cut out the the depression, the uh, the alone parts. So so Frankie Corio did not see, according yeah, she, to this. Yeah, anything she, in her script. Yeah. With she that didn't see any of gone. the depression, yeah. which was great. So you could just focus on what you got to focus on. That was a smart choice. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, that was that was confirmed. She was so good, though, right, guys? I mean, She's that was, uh, oh my was God, great. I thought yeah. that was one of the, every now and then you see, when children nail it, they, re- they really nail it. They're just, you know, they're so alive, but. Every now and then you see one of those child performances really like, whoa. And I, yeah. I don't know. I got And they really cast her first. Feeling. Yeah, oh, it's like, cool. I'm glad they built. Yeah. Child actors are just getting better. Is it the hormones in chicken or what? Like, they're just getting better and better. But they're, they drink plastic. It's in their... <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, the, the director wanted to find uh, Sophie first and, and then the dad. So good. Well, mm. my hat is way off to yeah. Charlotte Wells. Holy crap. This is this is what right that first was, feature. That was something. You're not gonna know yeah. you like it until it's over. Well I felt I heard somebody say I heard somebody in class last week describe a film this way. They said it was a cozy watch. And this is a heavy film. Yeah, but you guys, really I felt funny. I wanted to kind of like wrap myself inside this film. Like I want, someone, I felt very else, comfortable inside it. Someone has described it as it quietly devastates you. Yeah, and mm, I, and I can't think of a better description for this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I'm sounds excited. like a good way to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> Just <laughs> go. Moving on. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's we're gonna lose the rest of his life. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, I'm gonna lose. My computer dies. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so we're gonna finish it up, people, with our quick finishing segment with a round of what you've been watching, where we tell you our recommendations for the week. Can we start with our guest again, Tina? Can you give sure. us? Uh, can we get us started with what you've been sure, watching? Yeah. Well, in terms of TV, I watched Bad Sisters on Apple. 
Okay. Ooh. If you have not seen it? it, it highly recommended. Nice. It's just it's just ten episodes, one season. It is absolutely mm. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It is. I love, I love that the U.S. has gone full British now, and it's like you get ten episodes. That's a season. Uh, that's, well, it's it's an Irish yeah, show. Like six. So yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. But um, all the all the like HBO stuff and Netflix and stuff that's coming out is like ten episodes mm-hmm. long now. It's like we've gone British. Deal with it. Yeah, like dark comedy and dramatic, and it's just brilliant. You have to watch it. Um, and if anyone else wants to watch any other quietly devastating films, I can recommend um, Hold Me Tight. It's on a movie. I don't know if anyone else mm. has that, but it's a French film. It's with Vicky Creeps from Phantom Thread. Sure. Um, oh, I've heard of this film. I've heard she's great in it. Yes, it's unbelievable. It's about a mother who you see in the beginning sort of leaves <laughs> her yeah. husband yeah. and two yeah. children, and then but she has some kind of strange connection to them as they go on their journey in life without her. And then you realize something else is going on and there's pretty big reveal and it's absolutely beautiful and devastating. So, uh, highly, highly recommend. You pretty much had John at phantom thread. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) High five. Um, and uh, yeah, you mentioned the lost daughter before, obviously this is a movie that came out in 21, but if anyone hasn't seen it, I, I was thinking like that, that's a, that's a good companion in, in a strange way to uh, after son. Mm. Mm -hmm. He really gives his family some fun things to watch him in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, Heavy, heavy stuff. Nice. Dave. Um, I've been mostly TV this, this week. I found some, uh, some light fluff. Um, I started the series Preacher, which is based on a graphic graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous, good, monstrous fun. Um, yeah, it's, I can't even describe it. Uh, you, you just have to watch, just watch the first episode, um, and see if it's for you. Cause it's not going to be for everyone. I can tell you that. Um, I also caught a British uh, comedy called Extraordinary, which is set in a world where everyone gets a superpower on their 18th birthday, except this one girl who's 25 and is an absolute loser as far as her family's concerned. And oh, it sounds like Encanto. Navigating her I'm supposed to say that, Encanto? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, it's not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's British. It's as you'd expect from British humor. I quite enjoy it. We're up to, like, episode six, I think. Um, cool. And uh, the other thing I did this week, because I didn't watch anything else, was I finished The Last of Us game. Just the game? So yeah. Because mm. I was like, the cool. movie's going to overtake the game. It's going to spoil the game for me. So I had to finish it because, <laughs> yeah, I was having a little trouble with the game because those fucking clickers keep killing you. So I had to go back and... <laughs> the clickers. Happy to say I finished it today. Nice. Well, actually, about Freedom. 1 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I heard it's a great game. Uh, yeah, I too watched. Um, I watched uh, The Last of Us uh, last weekend, and then uh, we got home really late that night. We were coming. Back, I was coming back from East Coast, so we came, got home and we watched that together. And then I stayed up because I was just craving something that was in that kind of feel, and not knowing that Craig Mazin also wrote it, I just turned Chernobyl on again. I just oh, rewatched God. Chernobyl. Uh, I watched like four episodes Wait. in one night and four the next Craig night. Mazin. And he's the same head writer. <laughs> he's the, uh, he created and wrote that as well. Um, fucking God damn, I love that it. show so much. <laughs> what, our, our companion... I know, I haven't been buzzed yet. I figured I have to oh, say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Our friends from The Ringer, eh? Chris and Andy, they just did a Chernobyl podcast because Andy watched... Um, they're not our real friends, but you know them, John. Yeah, Andy Greenwell just watched yeah, yeah, Chernobyl, yeah, sure. so they did a Chernobyl yeah. podcast this oh, week. Uh, do you listen to them, or is that just a complete coincidence that you did that? Total coincidence, and I think they're probably feeling what I'm feeling. I mean, it it's just so handles good. that dystopian feeling so, oh, yeah. so, so, so well. So adult. So when adult, Stalin, dramatic. When Stalin says, I knew what the i'm a scientist and i put myself in this situation and i knew what the when he says that in like the final episode and you're just like mm-hmm. oh my god he like willingly put no wonder he was so bitter the whole time mm-hmm. that's powerful i, I mean know. it's just god it's so brilliant yeah, uh, nothing's wise. better than the initial explosion though the initial explosion is like it's just the so first i could just feel all of Way the like they... atoms in my body just like i know Wait, when you see like it you're like, what's going on then, psh, oh my god yeah johan johan rank or you rank however you pronounce the the director's name who directed all of it the way that they hand off perspective in that first episode the way it just follows a new character in every single scene is a different person's perspective on the event and it's just so it's just so effective anyway that was wonderful movie wise I watched, um, I rewatched Dr. Strangelove for, for a class. And I also watched um, a beautiful, beautiful movie from the 90s, a Canadian film called The Sweet Hereafter. And I, I can't recommend it enough. It was, it was really effective. I don't even want to tell you what it's about, um, but it's a very effective cool. indie drama. Um, and there was something else. Anyway, keep going. Jeff, what'd you watch, man? So I, I did one of those things this week where I started like seven different things that I didn't feel like finishing. <laughs> so, so I would like to apologize to my co-host, John Say, for um, what I did to his HBO Go um, recently watched yeah, section of his it. Sorry, I literally, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, John, no. none of these are John's. A these are all them. mine. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them I would watch those. Like, this so do you have like anti-recommendations? I, uh, uh, do I have anti? No, no, I don't have anti. I just wasn't in the mood for any of them. Um, but I, I, I was on this. Other, oh, ah, I forgot to mention. I was on the the film versus film podcast. That it's not coming out for a while, so I guess it's okay. But and we were doing Meryl Streep movies. So I rewatched Postcards from the Edge, which I just watched two weeks ago. But I um, wasn't um, completely sober when I saw that, so I figured I needed to rewatch it before I talked about it. <laughs> I watched it after one of our episodes. Oh, so it's it's a fantastic Meryl Streep and um, Shirley MacLaine performance. Gene Hackman, nice supporting role. Um, Mike Nichols I think it's it's great I think and Carrie Fisher's script I think Carrie Fisher's script is better than Mike Nichols direction and the acting beats all everything but anyway um, so I watched Death Becomes Her was the other movie which is another renter that was a fun fun one Bobby Bob Zemeckis Blast um, from the Past (laughs) Goldie Hawn and then Bruce Willis Um, Bruce Willis was um, doing his best to hang with them let's put it that way but I think that it was a good film (laughs) I love this voice. Oh, me too. It's just that was he was a little out of his element. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it was. Uh, I got that's it. The death becomes her. And then, of course, I love the Last of Us. And I every it's on now. It's literally on right this very second. It's literally on now. Yeah, I'm excited yep. to watch, man. So that's it. There we go. All right. Oh, Thank Dave, you so much. I've been I've been uh, waiting all day. Uh, you said you were going to announce something on this episode about a new podcast. That you had to wait till we were recording to say it. You texted us about it, dude. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so one of my uh, coworkers, uh, she was like, "I I need to. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I'm gonna." Um, she's like, "My my husband is doing a podcast with his friend," and I'm like, "Sounds familiar." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, it's it's called Crapping Your Pants with Robin Ken." 
And that was a conversation stopper. I immediately needed to know more. Apparently, they invite you to send in stories of when you crapped your pants, and then they discuss it on their <laughs> podcast. People, we just um, we all have time to kill. Everybody has time in their day that they just need to fill up. Yeah, with something. come on. So oh, gotta, that's, gotta... that's funny. That's good. That's funny, dude. Just that's funny. Fill your shorts with crapping your pants with Robin Ken. It's like. Wow. Oh, I'm glad we squeezed that in there at the last yeah, time. Right? That's uh, important. I mean, a lack of a squeeze led to half the stories on here. <laughs> thanks so. for dropping that one in here at the very end. <laughs> we missed it, it. All right. Jeff needs to go watch football. So uh, thank you so much, fans, for uh, tuning in. What a in. note to finish on. I wish I remembered <laughs> yes, that at the start. <laughs> oh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you did it. For the five people that are on their treadmill watching us on YouTube right now. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much, film fans. Thank you so much to our guest, Tina. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tina. Thanks for having me. Back on again soon. And we'll see you all next time. Film fans. Jeff, fix your light. No.